0: By the way, we are now a part of the Salesforce family. That's why we have a new home and a new look.
1: Otherwise, you can expect the same great stories about success.
0: It was, you know, the world's ending, the ice caps are melting, the forests are burning, and it was, it was look, at, look at how much the world is ending. rather than look at what you can do as an individual. And so not really knowing much about this, we were like, you know what sounds good? Trees.
2: It's daunting. There's so much pressure today on climate change and our ability to fight it feels like a desperate struggle. At least that's how Derek, the voice you just heard, felt while he was in high school. But for him, it was also the moment when he spotted something. An opportunity or just a glimmering of potential. Hi, I'm Alexandra Samuel. I'm the host of this show, Waste No Potential, sponsored by Traction On Demand. Today, I'm going to launch us into the incredible journey of Derek Emsley, From his roots, planting trees in rural Saskatchewan, all the way to founding an internationally recognized apparel brand that's pushing to be one of the most sustainability-focused companies around. But first, let me introduce myself and tell you what you can expect to hear in this show. Waste No Potential is about exactly that, learning not to let potential slip away. And each episode, we're going to learn from the pros on how to spot it wherever it might be hiding. As for me, well, I'm a business journalist who's fascinated by this entire idea. I mean, I love those moments where you find out how somebody was able to do something a little bit better or even just differently, and then it ended up having a big impact. So as you may have noticed, we're calling this episode Save Screws. Why? Why? What does save screws mean? Well, we're going to get into that a little bit later on. But briefly, let me just put it this way. So let's say you buy a pack of screws and you don't use them all. Well, you don't just throw them away. You put them away, right? We all have that cupboard where there's piles of hardware. Because eventually, sooner or later, you know you're going to need them. And then there they'll be. The right tool at exactly the right time. Well, that's what this episode is all about. Holding on to the right thing, the right idea, whatever it is you might need somewhere down the line, even if you can't see it just yet. It's about the art of scanning your horizon for the thing you might've overlooked and then pulling just the right idea, just the right tool off your shelf so you can make your life a little bit better. It sounds simple. But Save Screws is an important mindset that can have a profound impact on businesses and on individuals. We're going to unpack that more in a little bit. But first, let's meet our guest, Derek Emsley. He's the founder of the clothing company Tentree. I'd love to just start by asking you to tell us a little bit about Tentree. I mean, what, what is it for listeners who don't know the brand already?
0: Yeah. uh, So Tentree is a lifestyle apparel brand, uh, and we plant 10 trees for every item of clothing that we sell. We source the most sustainable product we can. We partner with the best manufacturers we can find across the globe, and we produce product that ultimately results in the planting of trees. And, you know, from the outside looking in, we definitely look like an apparel brand that happens to plant trees. But from an internal perspective, we, we sort of think of ourselves as a tree planting company that happens to sell apparel. Our big vision for the business is to plant a billion trees by the end of 2030. And we've planted about 60 to 65 million trees. By the end of next year, it'll be well over 100 million.
2: Well, let's rewind for a minute because I'd love to start our story from where you started. I hear a rumor that you actually started your first business in high school. What what was that? What made you do that?
0: You know, when we were in high school, it was around that time where, you know, every kid's kind of getting their summer jobs lined up and it, you know, admittedly, my brother and I were sort of looking at our summer and saying, you know, we don't really want to be stocking shelves and at a grocery store and that sort of thing. And at, towards the end of one of our, our years at high school, we actually had some people come in and talk to the school about sustainability and environmentalism. And they showcased the Inconvenient Truth movie. and And we just sort of, between my brother and I, kind of felt like there was this layer of kind of fear and anxiety around it and it wasn't it wasn't an empowering message really it was it was look at look at how much the world is ending and so him and I sort of put our heads together and we and we thought well how can we play a part in this we grew up in Saskatchewan it's oil and gas metals and mining and so not really knowing much about this we were like you know it sounds good trees <laughs> You know, it's uh, a what if, what if we planted trees? Is that is that a reasonable solution, or at least part of the solution? And and so we kind of came up with this idea to buy old farmland that really couldn't grow a whole heck of a lot. We partnered with groups like. TransCanada, Sask Energy, Sask Power, the Crown Investment Corporations, and a handful of others to say, let us go out there and plant trees on your behalf, and we'll reforest this sort of piece of crappy farmland and turn it into a carbon sink. What we ended up doing was we we bought a tractor and a cultivator and we, you know, we rigged up the cultivator. We ripped off a bunch of the of the sort of shanks on the cultivator to create what was effectively a marking device so that we could create uh, lines in the in the field. Uh, so we gridded the entire 640 acres of land And then, you know, we strapped on planting bags, loaded up with trees and shovels, and we planted. You know, we the the idea behind uh, that that project was really focused on this this concept of carbon offsetting. And it was the idea that you know organizations are going to need to reduce their carbon emissions they're not necessarily going to be able to achieve those reductions and they're going to need to purchase these offsets to make up the delta between what they've been able to achieve and what their commitment level was and ultimately this was a, this was a byproduct of the Kyoto Protocol and, and a number of different other things and and ultimately it never really developed it never it never turned into what we expected it to and so as a result the the program that we were building this around wasn't really viable. We kind of left that experience knowing, okay, you know, if carbon offsetting isn't evolving into what we think it's going to, then this idea of domestic tree planting for that purpose wasn't going to be a viable business. Through that, we also got connected with this world of tree planting organizations globally that were using tree planting not just for the environmental aspect or the carbon perspective, but actually for social reasons, job creation, food security, poverty alleviation, and more.
2: So that's the moment when SNAP. Derek and his brother saw beyond what looked on the surface like a failed environmental initiative and instead got their next great idea.
0: So we kind of left the experience and seeing both of these areas where tree planting was doing a lot of good but wasn't scalable because of, you know, the model it was based off of, which is in both cases, handouts, whether it was sort of individual donations or, you know, a government program. And so it's what sort of inspired us to create Tentree.
2: Since Derek and his brother had gone through this whole journey as high schoolers, they started building Tentree, what would eventually become one of the most sustainability-oriented apparel companies anywhere. But first, they had to go through quite a few hurdles. More on that soon. First, we're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. You're listening to Waste No Potential a new podcast about spotting untapped potential. This show is brought to you by the good folks at Traction On Demand, and I'm your host, Alexandra Samuel. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to follow us wherever you're listening from. You can also get to us by heading over to TractionOnDemand.com. So, before we slide back into finding out a little more about Derek and Tentry, I want to bring in another voice remember that this episode is called Save Screws. Well, that's a concept they talk about a lot at Traction On Demand and they even apply it to the way they do business. So I've brought in one of the people who coined that term, Greg Malpass. He's the CEO and the founder of Traction On Demand. Do you think I can just ask you to give us that story?
1: So the, it's it's funny, the, anyone who knows me well and at some point they've probably kind of come into my, my little workshop and my little workshop is chaos to everybody except me. And the reason is because I've saved all the screws out of everything. If there's something that needs to go in for recycling, needs to be destroyed, needs to be kind of breaks and has to be put back together. If I can redeem additional screws out of that thing, I put them in these drawers, these, this ream of drawers. i literally, if you're like, hey small pass I'm looking for uh, like a 3/8 um, machine screw with that self tapping I'd be like oh yeah Ooh, that's gonna be like under the toolbox to the left the one that's just kind of had that little crack in the spider web beside it it's right there and so I think what I recognize is I do really believe everything is valuable at some point in time and it's just a matter of having it there when you need it. Saving screws isn't about saving screws. It's about saving ideas, saving things, saving code snippets, and saving memories of what people's passions are, so then you can draw on them when you think you're going to need them.
2: Okay, so now that we've got that idea in our mind, let's get back to Derek Emsley. Now, a young guy on this big, pretty high-stakes journey to find some way to make a success out of planting trees.
0: Yeah, you, you know what? Honestly, it was it, it, we were product agnostic. So when when we came up with the idea of creating a consumer brand focused on planting trees, we did not sit down and say, "Let's start an apparel business." We we sat down and said, you know what? what kind of brand would allow us to plant trees? How can we create a business that funds our desire to plant trees? And, you know, we thought, we thought of a number of different things. We thought of sort of an event type business where we would create events and those events would plant trees. We talked about different types of consumer products, uh, consumables, things like that. And ultimately, the reason we landed on apparel in the early days was because it was sort of easy. We could buy American Apparel t-shirts, we could put logos on them, and we could sell them to our friends and family. And I think what what we quickly realized was that there was there was a, a lot more power behind this idea of wearing your values on your chest than we first recognized. But I think for us that moment that really stood out as as, hey, I think we're on to something here was when you know, I, I ran into somebody on the street and, and you know, them not knowing who I am and me not knowing who they are, I said to them, I was like, Oh, I, lo- I like your shirt. They're, they're wearing a tentry product. And they kind of stopped me and they said, have you heard of this brand? And I said, you know, no, I'm, I'm not familiar. What What is it? And, and they stopped me and they said, they plant 10 trees for every item they sell. And I was like, Oh my God, this, if we, if we can sell a product and every one of those products results in somebody else finding out about what we're doing and somebody else talking about the impact that they had and being that sort of excited about it. Like nobody's ever, Oh my God, have you heard about this shirt? It's organic. But somebody is saying." Have you heard about this brand? They planted 10 trees because I bought this shirt. And so for that reason, I think when when we heard that, we were, we were quickly sort of like this. I, I think we're on to something.
2: And with that, the brand started to take off. They had their save screws moment. They found the potential from consumer purchasing power that was just kind of lying around in a drawer like a bunch of old hardware. Then they connected their product with that goal of planting more trees and voila, 10 tree was literally doubling profits each month. But there was this one nagging thought for Derek. How do you commit to your values as a company when your product is kind of at odds with those values? You know, I'm curious about that um, balance between the environmental and kind of offsetting focus of the brand and, and the clothing piece of it because I gather at a certain point you did start to get a little bit of pushback around you know how eco friendly the products really were, and I'm curious about how you navigated that.
0: We're big believers in this idea that you know the narrative around business has historically been let's do less bad, like let's so let's just you know we recognize we're a business we're doing bad things or you know our product creates an impact let's do less bad. Our belief has always been that business should do more good, and admittedly when we started creating t-shirts and hoodies. We didn't know anything about organic cotton or how to source sustainably. We were just buying shirts and putting logos on them. But we kind of recognized pretty quick, hey, if we're going to talk a big game on the tree planting side, our product also needs to live up to those values. And so we overhauled our entire supply chain and focused on using only the best materials we possibly could. So rather than conventional, say, cotton or polyester, it was always organic or fair trade or recycled cotton, or it was post-consumer polyester like that so and then we're trying to overhaul things like the logistics side of things historically all apparel comes in these plastic poly bags and about five years ago we we said to our manufacturers and our and our warehouse and frankly and our wholesalers as well we said we need to get rid of this and we need to all get on board with that and so we actually moved to roll packing where we just use this sort of twine to basically hold our product in, in a wrap and not use additional poly bags. You know, it, it's, it's an iterative process, it's progress, it's not perfection, but it's it's continuing to reduce that footprint. And then just the last thing I would mention is that at the end of the day, we view ourselves as a vehicle to connect consumers with trees. Right now, that vehicle is apparel, but at the end of the day, it could be anything. And when when we think of that vehicle, our goal as a business is to have zero negative impact on the on the journey to creating this positive impact through trees. So what we've also done is we've implemented an internal carbon tax at our business. And so we are effectively 100 percent carbon neutral for our scope one, two and three emissions. And so we're supporting things like the Great Bear Rainforest, some solar power initiatives, as well as some more efficient cook stoves in places like Kenya, in addition to the tree planting that we're doing.
2: That recognition of their potential to go beyond just selling shirts and planting 10 trees is what really sets that company apart. Or in the words of Greg, saving screws.
1: I think there's a really important lesson there. And so what Derek's done is he's amassed a whole bunch of items, screws, bits, pieces that he's able to use at different times to bring his goal into focus.
2: I'm really curious, you know, when you look back on the path of the company's development and all of these different pieces that you've brought together, what are the parts that are most important to you?
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, the way you say it, it sounds like it. Uh, We had this vision from day one and, you know, we've just relentlessly gone after executing on this vision. And, and, you know, I I don't want to claim for a second that we had, you know we understood what this was going to become at the beginning I think it's been it's been an iterative process it started with our tree planting business that we had in high school that led us to creating 10 tree that you know was intended to connect people with tree planting and sort of solving our problem as as entrepreneurs. And then, you know, we've created Veritree, which is this technology business, which was effectively meant to solve Tentree's problem, which was verification, double counting, measurability of our tree planting efforts. But when I think of the things that I'm most proud of, it, it honestly just all comes back to the impact. It comes back to the people that we're, we're empowering globally, the jobs we're creating and the trees we're planting. I think by if you think of next year, by the end of next year, we'll have planted our 100 millionth tree. And, and to me, so that, that will be our 10th year in business and our 100 millionth tree. So we're big on tens, obviously, multiples of 10 in our business. So to me, that's just like, that's such a, a powerful sort of message that 10 years, you know, 100 million trees we've planted. But that's also just, that's empowering communities all across the globe, creating jobs and hopefully also, you know, getting people excited about their ability to have an impact.
2: Making an impact, Derek's original mission It may have started in quiet Regina, Canada, but it sure didn't end there.
0: When we started planting in Madagascar, we were planting in this village called Mahabana, and it was a village of about 160 people, and they lived on a mangrove estuary, and it was a fishing community. And the mangroves, if you know, are incredible habitats for fish to use for, for spawning grounds. Now, wh- what happened was is that the locals were cutting down the trees for, you know, for firewood and for shelter and to, frankly, sell for charcoal. And... And so this village of 160 people ended up with the fishing ecosystem deteriorating year after year after year. And it, and it ended up to the point where the fishermen and women basically had to sell their boats because their yields were falling. They needed to rent boats and they fell into this, this, this cycle of poverty that they had no hope of ever getting out of. And so this village of 160 people resulted in as many as 60 of them being in some form of indentured servitude, where they'd, they'd rented boats, they'd kind of got fallen into debt, and they could never hope to get out of it. So we partnered with, our, with, with an organization there that actually had some boots on the ground, and we went to Mahabana. And we focused on hiring individuals to reforest the mangrove estuary, and and we hired the individuals that were in some form of indentured servitude. And so we've been back there four times over the last seven years. And today that village is over a thousand people. There's not a single person in any form of indentured servitude. We've reforested over 16 million mangroves in that estuary, and today, you know, one, one of the most exciting parts is that people are actually going back to fishing. They're saying, you know, this whole tree planting thing, like it's kind of hard work. I'm going to actually go back to fishing because we've reforested the mangrove channel. The fishing habitats have recovered and the fishing ecosystem is coming back. And in addition to that, we've, we've supported them in sending a freshwater well drilling system. We've helped them build the maternity center and elementary school. And, you know, you're seeing all this other industry develop and evolve as a byproduct of this program.
2: That story from Derek reminds me of something Greg said, and I think it really gets back to the overarching theme of this show, which of course is all about spotting potential in your business, but also in yourself and in your own mission in, you know, the way you show up in the world. That's the true potential that lies in all of us. And it's so important we don't forget it.
1: I do sincerely believe my purpose, and the gift that I want to share with anybody is all around seeing potential, seeing potential in people, seeing potential in things. And it's not always an easy, comfortable process to get the potential out. It's almost like forging a diamond. Um, but I've also become pretty good at applying the right pressure at the right time. So then so then people can kind of feel that they're safe enough to take the risk to try, but they're also, um, they know that. There's a window of time for them to do it, so they better get on. Better, better get on the bus. And I think that's one of the you know, one of the, the funnest things about this whole adventure.
0: You know, I, I think the most important thing when you're thinking about sustainability is really just taking it the first step. And one of the things that I've always believed in in being a sustainable business is sort of living in your own fallibility, understanding that as a business, hey, we're not perfect. But in order to get to better, we need to take that first step. And I think it's like, it's that old mantra. It's sort of like, what's the most important step to take? And it's the next one.
1: Today
2: on Waste No Potential, my guests have been Derek Emsley, CEO and co-founder of Tentree, as well as Greg Malpass, the CEO and founder of Traction On Demand. It's been such a pleasure to talk with each of them and lovely to have you listening in. I'm Alexandra Samuel. As I mentioned, this show is brought to you by Traction On Demand with production support from JAR Audio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you'll join me for our next episode. We're going to dive deep into a story of curiosity and literally reaching for the stars. Until then, keep your eyes and ears open. And remember, hidden potential is everywhere. You just have to look and listen for it.
0: The Waste No Potential podcast was created by Traction On Demand, a company acquired by Salesforce in April of 2022. All Waste No Potential podcasts can now be found at salesforce.com resources podcasts.